The Bulls get a signature win in Madison Square Garden. The Lakers get LeBron back sooner than expected, and the Thunder suffer a record-setting loss. It's all coming up on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On NBA. We have a great show for you today. I'm your new Friday co-host, Wes Goldberg. You might remember me from such programs as Tuesday's Locked On NBA <laughs> show. Uh, I'm here with the Friday veteran, Adam Mares. However, you may be listening, YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. All right, on today's show, the Grizzlies set the record for the biggest margin of victory in NBA history. LeBron James is set to return earlier than expected, and the Raptors end the Bucks' eight-game win streak. But we begin today with a different win streak that's still going on in Phoenix, where the Suns beat the Pistons 114-103, to 103, and they passed the 2007 franchise record now with 18 straight wins. But the Pistons hung around thanks to Jeremy Grant's 34 points. But the Suns, without Devin Booker for the second straight game, had seven players score in double figures. Landry Shamit's three-pointer with 157 left in the game was the dagger, putting Phoenix up by 10. And look at look at us, Adam. We're talking about the Suns. 18 straight wins will make you talk about a team, won't it? Heck yeah, we'll talk about the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I think they are the best team in basketball. It doesn't not really a hot take when you haven't lost for a month and a half. Um, they're great on both ends of the ball. Uh, this was, I, I have to tip my hat to the Detroit Pistons tonight. I thought they played really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Pistons have been blown out a lot this season. They've looked really sloppy and there are points in this game where you looked at them and thought, man, this is a really bad team that has a lot to learn about NBA basketball, but they competed all the way down the stretch and made Phoenix earn this one. But there's not a whole lot you can say bad about the Phoenix Suns and the way they execute in the fourth quarter and just the way they play connected on both ends of the court. Yeah, I love <laughs> you, you got to give your hat off to the Pistons a little bit. I love the Pistons broadcast. I don't know which one you were tuning into there, but uh, they were like, you know what? We gave the Suns the best shot we had. Then they have to go to San Francisco tomorrow on the second night right. of back to back. And now they're going to be tired. So kind of this is a win for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> and I was like, is that what it is? If that's what, is that what it's like when you're a Detroit Pistons fan nowadays? Um, you, you've covered I, Miami. You've covered Golden State. So you don't yeah. know the lean days, Wes. You don't know what it's like for oh, the no, I, I covered those. I covered that 15 win season for Golden there State when go. Steph broke his hand. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but there you go. Um, no, you got it. The Suns, 18 straight wins. I This has been a really great week for them uh, yeah. as far as media coverage, as far as people respecting what it is that they're doing, as far as breaking their own franchise records. Um, they beat Golden State Tuesday night. They're going to play them again Friday night. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to respond on that second night of back-to-back -to, -back right. to the Pistons broadcast point. Like I think the Suns were hoping to maybe get an easy win in this one, and, and the Pistons did hang around basically the entire game until the final two minutes when, right. when the Suns just sort of pulled away. Yeah, they pushed them, and it does set up an interesting – it's funny, when you get to this stratosphere where the Suns are now, mm -hmm. they are in first place. They just beat the Golden State Warriors. But guess what? If you lose on Friday night to the Warriors, you drop to number two in the West, which is kind of crazy to think you're won 18 <laughs> games in a row, but one loss would knock you down in the standings. You also run into the issue where – 
You have a franchise record 18-game win streak. Now you're on the second night of a back-to-back. How hard do you want to push your team early, mm-hmm. uh, this early in the season, especially a team in Phoenix that really hasn't suffered injury luck you know, so right. far? And you're now dealing with your first one in Devin Booker, being cautious with that. So it'll be interesting how they approach that. And by the way, Monty Williams was asked about this in his post-game presser, and uh, he said, we're not digging ditches. We don't need – we're playing basketball. We don't need rest. So any indication they're going to take that game – as another sort of measuring stick and, and, and try to further the gap they built on the Warriors, not fall behind them. No indication that Devin Booker is going to be available for uh, that game. Probably not going to. He, he sat sidelines uh, against Detroit in what looked like a dark brown smock. Not really sure what it was, but uh, maybe he'll be dressed better in San Francisco. We'll see. Um, all right, moving on to our next game here. The other late game, the Spurs earned a 114-83 to win over the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, if you didn't stay up late enough, <laughs> To watch it, you didn't miss anything. Uh, Damian Lillard was out with an abdomen injury that has been given problems all season long, even, you know, according to him for years. Um, right. And it was announced Thursday that he's going to miss at least 10 days now with that yeah. injury. He'll be reevaluated in 10 days. So that doesn't mean really anything other than just that. Uh, Portland's season only continues to get worse. Shout out to the Spurs. Six players scoring double figures for them. They were led by DeJounte Murray, finished with 15 points, 13 assists, and seven rebounds. But like I said, the story here is, you know, just – Things getting continually worse for the Trailblazers. Yeah, and this was not as close as it sounded. I know it doesn't sound close, a 21, 31-point win, but there was right. uh, this, w- this was a 25-point game at half. Portland made a little bit of a third-quarter run to make it somewhat interesting, but then, of course, it got broken right, right open again uh, down the stretch. Um, I, I agree with you. There's not a ton of takeaways from this game. Portland playing so shorthanded. They will pop up in the third segment when we talk about teams looking at the panic button. They, they may or may not make an appearance on that list. Um, but my only real note I have for you, Wes, in this game, I don't understand when teams wear, as San Antonio did tonight, their Fiesta jerseys on the road. Those are home jerseys. You wear those right. for your home crowd. You take those into Portland. It just looks weird. Uh, I already know that you and I are going to get along on this Friday show just because you're bringing up the jerseys in the first segment. I don't like, look, you're absolutely right. Like nobody, nobody in Portland cares about your right. cool. Se- like this, the Jersey itself is all awesome. I, I have, I'm a fan Great. of the Jersey, but like the Miami heat, the team I cover over on lockdown heat, they do that all the time with their mashup right. jerseys. Think of what you will about the, the concept. I'm a fan of it. I, I just like different in general, right. but right. Uh, why wear it on the road? They've worn it on the road more than they've worn it at home. Granted, they've played like 23 of their first 20 games on the road this season, but uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm with you. They and look that like is the really... Flint Tropics out there tonight, uh, the whole time, and, and they were just running circles around Portland, so there you go. Let's go down to New York City where the Bulls held off a second-half Knicks rally to earn a 119-115. The, the, the game, the most entertaining game of the night for sure. Uh, Chicago led by DeMar DeRozan's 34 points, uh, and they got 27 each from Zach Levine and from Nikola Vucevic. Uh, the defense turned the Knicks over 18 times, which I thought was one of the swing factors in that game. Uh, but after falling behind by 21 points in that first half, New York used a 25-7 to run in that third quarter. They got back into the game, and then they actually took the lead uh, late in the game. Three minutes left in the fourth. Uh, they Julius Randle's shot gives them the lead, but DeRozan's layup with 20 seconds left seals the win for the Bulls. Now they're back to having the second best record in that Eastern Conference. Before zooming out in their place uh, in the East, Adam, what were your takeaways from this game? 
Well, first of all, it was a fantastic basketball game. And this is the third matchup, the third time these teams have played each other this year. All of them instant classics, some of the best games we've had all, all, all year. And it looked like it was going to be a laughter. You meant, mentioned the 18 turnovers for the Knicks. They had 12 of those in the first half. Yeah. I thought Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso did a great job of disrupting the passing lanes and getting out in transition. Uh, and it looked like this one was going to be blown open. But as you mentioned, the Knicks stormed back. It was a great Madison Square Garden crowd. And um, the Knicks caught fire in that third quarter, and you could just see the sense of belief. First, they cut it to 15, then 10, then 5, and you could just see the momentum swelling uh, in it, and, I, and it forced it to come down to the wire. And in the clutch, you got a bunch of guys that were super hot, DeMar DeRozan, 18 points in the fourth quarter, and a bunch of guys who were ice cold, including the Knicks' execution, Lonzo Ball from the corners, um, and, and the Bulls ended up – Edging out was a beautiful game for about 45 minutes. An ugly game the final uh, final three, but DeRozan managed to get 18 points in the fourth to get, uh, pull out the win. Yeah, not quite that like uh, you know awesome game that just like basketball brilliance that we saw from the Knicks and the Nets a couple a few days ago, where it was great in the last three right. minutes. This one was a little bit more clunky to your point, but Chicago zooming out a little bit now. They entered this game eighth in offensive rating, sixth in defensive rating. I thought their defense for most of the game. Like that, the, the way that they just create turnovers and create points in transition in that way, they're fourth in net rating overall. Now they have quality wins in LA, a quality win over Denver, even though they, the, the Nuggets were without Jokic in that game. But still, you know, we'll take it, you, you take it in Denver. Um, they got a quality win, like I just said, in, uh, against Brooklyn, and they have one from earlier this season um, against Dallas. And, and now this one against the Knicks, a Knicks team that just took the Nets uh, to the last second of that game. So, uh, I don't know. If you're not taking the Bulls seriously at this point, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that, that is such a complete lineup. And and what DeRozan is able to do at the end of these games, they have that – he's just got that clutch scoring mentality. You love to see him playing in games that matter now as yep. opposed to what was happening in San Antonio for the last couple of years. Um, you got to love what Chicago's doing. Well, I'll tell you – tell me if you like this comp. I think DeMar DeRozan – is somewhat similar to what Chris Paul is in Phoenix. You think yeah. about Phoenix, they had DeAndre Ayton, they had Mikael Bridges, they got Devin Booker, all these guys that were very talented, but hadn't won. And you bring in a veteran. I know Chris Paul is more of a you know on-ball facilitator, does this or that, but it's just the presence of a guy who's been through all of this, has won at high levels. I think DeRozan has a similar thing. Vucevic, even though he's not young, hasn't really been on a winning team before. Right. Lonzo Ball, uh, Zach Levine, these are very talented players who I think were missing one ingredient. And after the game, Levine actually mentioned this. Speaking of DeMar DeRozan, he says, he helps our team tremendously, especially if we're like frantic. I think it just gives the whole team a sense of deep breath. Uh, and Billy Donovan, by the way, said similar things about DeMar DeRozan and what he brings to this team. I, I 100% buy the Chicago Bulls. I don't know if they're going to be title contenders. You got to prove that in the playoffs. But as a regular right. season team, I 100% believe and buy into the way the pieces fit and just how connected they can be on both ends. I, I love the uh, DeMar DeRozan-Chris Paul comparison there, too, because you talk to young players in the league, and they absolutely idolize both of those players, both Chris Paul and DeMar DeRozan. Right. Like those, are their, those, are, those are idols to those guys. Um, Let me give a right. couple quick little mini notes here, though, before yeah. we get out of here. Um, Taj Gibson was tossed in this game early for back-to-back -back illegal screens. Yes. And he actually got tossed a little bit. I didn't think he did anything that warranted him to be thrown from the game. I thought it was a little bit quick. But more to the point, the illegal screens are like holding penalties in the NFL. You could call one on almost any possession. Mm -hmm. I thought Taj Gibson got a tough whistle on that. But as you look at, you know, the league is experimenting with how do we make defense a little bit more 
possible. If you're going to call screens like they did tonight for Taj Gibson, make it across the board so that it takes away a little bit of the advantage perimeter players have. Right. I think it's an interesting point of emphasis that the NBA could look at if they wanted to. I think it's just Taj Gibson's old. They called fouls on him that were probably a little minor. Look, they called it on Alex Caruso on like the next possession after <laughs> right. Taj Gibson got ejected. And Alex Caruso got like really upset. I was like, dude, just pick just, your battles in here. You just got one guy just got thrown out because of this. <laughs> just so true, man. Uh, uh, refs were a little testy. I think that crowd tonight was a little testy, and then you know sometimes refs lose their mind with that. Um, Kimball Walker out of the rotation, really interesting. We knew this was coming, but com to get a DNP uh, in a game like this, a, a little interesting. And then lastly, tonight featured Derek Jones Jr. playing the five. He's one of the most interesting players to me, like role players of this season so far. And it also featured Julius Randle playing the five. A really interesting. Like you think about small ball fives, I guess Julius Randle has done this in the past, but Derek Jones Jr. breaking out with Chicago as a skinny stretch five is a really unique uh, wrinkle. Right. Uh, Portland not using role players to their potential. That's crazy. That's amazing. Classic. <laughs> um, all right. Coming up, why the NBA is allowing LeBron James to come back to the Lakers sooner than maybe some people expected. But first, let's talk about our friends at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. So here it is. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, so please do subscribe. For your second listen, check out one of our great local podcasts for the Bulls' perspective on their win over the Knicks or Locked On Suns for more coverage on the hottest team in the league or either one of our podcasts with me over at Locked On Heat or Adam over on Locked On Nuggets. We're going to get to this LeBron stuff here in a minute. But first, the Raptors beat the Milwaukee Bucks 97-93, ending Milwaukee's eight-game win streak. Toronto was led by Fred Van Vliet's 29 points. They also got 20 points. From Pascal Siakam, a shout out to Scotty Barnes, uh, the rookie who Raptors fans thought got snubbed for rookie of the month. He responded by going three for six from three point range. He wasn't supposed to be able to shoot threes at him. Uh, meanwhile, the Bucks were without Giannis, who was resting on the second night of a back to back. Uh, they were also still without center Brooke Lopez, who has undergone surgery to address the back injury that has kept him out for uh, basically all season. Um, and and it was announced on Thursday that he's going to be out indefinitely. Now, according to ESPN, Zach Lowe. The team is hopeful that Brooke Lopez can return by the end of the regular season, but the Bucs also signed DeMarcus Cousins this week while they await 
for Lopez to return. DeMarcus did not play in this game. Uh, Adam, how much of a concern is this for the Bucks? I think it's a pretty big concern. I mean, Brooke Lopez is, is a huge piece of, of what made them successful over the last several seasons. Yeah, so he's such a big part of what they do. And to lose him, uh, and, you know, if he, even if he does come back, you miss the entire season where you gain your rhythm. You don't know if your conditioning will be there. I think it is a pretty significant loss for them. Do I think it takes them out of title contention? No, but it certainly lowers their odds, I think, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who in the playoffs, sometimes in the right in, in certain matchups, he's not ideal, right? They went ahead and used Bobby Portis at the five tonight. They they could use Giannis at the five, obviously. But uh in certain matchups, he's exactly what you want. You want a guy who could space the floor, who can give you some rim protection, obviously some rebounding. Uh, you need all your guys if you want to repeat as an NBA uh, champion. And obviously that's what the Milwaukee Bucks want to do this season. It's just going to be really hard. And we don't know what their DeMarcus Cousins is going to be able to give them. Right. And you're kind of, I, you know, you're, you're, you're without your starting front court and Giannis and, and Brooke Lopez tonight, but that just, you're like one injury away from doing what you had to do tonight, playing Bobby Portis at the five. And I don't think that's ideal. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, you look at the matchup with the 76ers, I think, would be the one you look at out east, at least. To get to the west, mm -hmm. there's a lot more teams with some more competent bigs that you probably need big bodies for. But that would be the matchup. And, um, you know, they're a pretty versatile team that could do a lot of different things. That makes them slightly less versatile. Tonight, by the way, the Bucks had just 16 assists. I know going back to the game here a little bit, but it's kind of yeah. crazy. Giannis... Very short list of players where if you take them out of the lineup, the team looks completely different. Identity completely lost. Only 16 assists tonight. I think it was the lowest they've had in several seasons. Um, really, really weird night for them. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go now to Memphis where the Grizzlies beat the Thunder. Uh, wow. 152 to 79. 152 points to 79 points. They set the record for the biggest margin of victory in NBA history. Uh, here's Locked On Grizzlies host Sean Coleman with more. Good evening to each of you. I'm not sure how your NBA team may be doing tonight, but my team, the Memphis Grizzlies, yes, the Memphis Grizzlies that have lost six games now by more than 20 points each this season. Yeah, those Memphis Grizzlies just set the NBA record for the biggest win differential in league history, a 73-point win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And unbelievable record-breaking performance for the Grizzlies. Setting the franchise record for most points in a game, most assists in a game, and yes, once again, the largest victory margin in NBA history. Jaron Jackson Jr. had another historical performance himself, but it was the bench. It was a complete team effort from the Grizzlies. Eight players were a plus 20 tonight. Five players were a plus 39. Santi Aldama in the biggest game that he's had in his career by far, a career-high 18 points. Everyone on the bench, nine players in double figures, a complete team victory. And to remind you once again, all of this happened without John Morant. On a historically amazing game, a historical night for the Memphis Grizzlies, this and much more on the post-game edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. 73 points. 73! Go, Chris! <laughs> so there's Sean Coleman uh, with your recap in a very nice cable knit sweater uh, <laughs> night I had. <laughs> so, um, all right. That's the recap. There's not. I don't know if you have notes about this game. My big thing, Adam, is... Well, go ahead. Do you have notes on this game? Um, not really. I mean, I just have a bunch of Grizzlies set a record 62.5% from the field. Um, and also, I know where you're going to go with this, so I'll set you up. 
The Thunder last year lost by 57. They trailed in a game by 67. So this is, sadly, it's, it, it broke their old record by quite a bit, right. but they still have two of the worst losses of the last two decades. Isn't this what they wanted? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like the thing is, I think this would kind of break a lot of teams, right? Like, this could, like, really set back from a, a confidence perspective, I think, like a lot of basketball teams. But I don't know that the, this even, like, weirdly matters. It's like a weird record now to own. Like, you're the team right. that lost by 73 points. But when you assemble that roster, uh, you're kind of welcoming this kind of night. And I know that they were a little frisky and they beat the Lakers a couple times and whatever. Uh, that's obviously now going to even out. They might, like, I don't think they're going to win many more games this season. I, I didn't think they would win more than 10 this year. They're probably going to do that at least. But um, this is sort of, this is what Sam Presti wanted. Let's just be super awful. Let's just try to get as many draft picks as possible. In a way, the Thunder kind of win tonight. I don't know about that. I, I, <laughs> what I will say is, uh, two things. One, this screws up your stats for an entire season. I mean, we're yeah. going to look in the standings and Memphis is going to be like a top five net rating team now. And it's going to be like, well, hold on. How do we how do we account for this? Um, but also, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander didn't play tonight. Giddy didn't play tonight. According to Twitter, Paolo Banchero did not play tonight for the uh, I don't know if you saw that. There was a a screw up in the headline. Paolo Banchero did not play for the Thunder tonight. That's really funny. Um, but. I do think you're onto something here, though, about you can lose by too much. And your play, it sends a message to your team. Does Shea Gilgis enjoy setting records and back-to-back seasons for giant losses? I mean, no. I, I do think you you sort of skate on thin ice when you come up with these plans because you lose your players just a little bit, and it just never comes back. Yeah, I'm not on board with losing by 73 points. Call me crazy. <laughs> me neither. Uh, um, all right, let's get to this. Uh LeBron stuff. The NBA announced Thursday that LeBron has been cleared to return to the lineup for the Lakers game against the LA Clippers on Friday. This after a brief stint in the NBA's health and safety protocols. In the days after Thanksgiving, the league uh, introduced stricter rules for coronavirus testing. And LeBron on Tuesday registered a positive test before the Lakers played a game in Sacramento. Since then, LeBron, LeBron has registered several negative tests in order to clear his way uh, to a return and avoid the extended absence that a lot of people expected. Uh, in the NBA statement, the league said, uh, quote, James was originally placed in the protocols on Tuesday, protocols of the capital P, November 30th, after a series of tests delivered conflicting results, including an initial positive test that was collected on November 29th. Additional testing confirmed that he is not a positive case. So, Adam, what do you make of this NBA decision? To me, look, there's nobody that enjoys putting the tinfoil hat on about Lakers getting the benefit of the doubt more than myself. I would say, though, by everything the NBA is stating here, this is not too surprising. He had a right. false positive, and now we have multiple negatives. So to me, it makes a little bit of sense. I don't know that there's anything nefarious here. The only thing I don't like is LeBron James himself put out his something fishy is going on tweet, yeah. which I absolutely hate because there are too many layers to this that that could be misconstrued and this or that, and then just adds the conspiracy angle back into all of this when it ne didn't need to be, uh, you know, that fuel didn't need to be added to the fire. To me, he tested positive once, tested negative eight straight times. I think he's probably negative. Right. I think, you know, unfortunately, Lakers fans are probably going to be like, look, the coronavirus doesn't affect us. We're the Lakers. We're Showtime. Told you. <laughs> right. uh, and then you've got everybody else in the NBA saying, like, everything always right. goes well for the Lakers. Of course, Adam Silver is helping you out. Uh, look, LeBron James is vaccinated, or at least he said he has been. Said he's vaccinated. Uh, and uh, according to this, he is. And, right, and because right. you now you, all you have to do is register. I think it was 
two negative tests within right. a 24 hour span or something like that. He did eight. He was like, I see your two, I'll raise you eight. Right. And, uh, and, and yeah, he should be able to play. And look, either I'm not conspiracy guy at this. Like, let's just, I, it all makes plenty of sense when you kind of look at the details here, but even like this wouldn't be just, even if it were a conspiracy, even if it was just a bunch of fish emojis, kind of fishy here. Um, it's, we just saw, we just had this Rolling Stone report uh, about, you know, the NBA kind of looking the other way uh, right. at Giannis in Milwaukee in the NBA finals last year. We had that whole mix up with Kevin Durant last season too. Right. So there's stuff here. That's a little bit like the NBA isn't, uh, immune to just like right. you know mixing stuff up a little bit being a little confusing or just flatly looking the other way to their stars right. it wouldn't be right. just lebron james so this is just right the way it is one thing i will say though you know the nuggets have three players right now in the protocols including austin rivers who is confirmed mm -hmm. test positive and according to his father doc rivers is experiencing some pretty severe symptoms even though he is vaccinated kobe right. white is out there's a handful of players around the league right now that have tested positive so it's um it hasn't made the headlines like it did a year ago but sort of quietly, it is becoming a storyline for yeah. several teams so far already 20 games into the season. Yeah, it's another advantage if you're a fully vaccinated team, right? Um, Correct. So, and I think there is a difference, right, between like Austin Rivers, who is symptomatic, versus LeBron, who is reportedly asymptomatic. I right. think there's different things there. But um, all right, LeBron's going to play Friday. Um, coming up, we talk about five teams that might have to push the panic button. That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about our friends at... Built Bar. This holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. That's Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with a decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. They have a ton of flavors uh, you're going to have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, whatever it is, Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to Bust down those mall doors and battle all of your holiday shoppers. Uh, or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, you might get into a fight with your aunt over your favorite Built Bar. Um, are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings if you want to cozy up with something warm. Get in the holiday. Uh, here's the holiday secret: dip your built bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. I like that idea. And like some of those, and like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you can get your hands on built bar puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste great. You're not going to believe that they're filled with protein. So here's the offer: go to built.com, use that promo code locked15 to get 15% off on your order. Again, built.com promo code locked15 for 15% off. All right, now that we've recapped the action in the news, uh, let's take a trip to the panic room and talk about five teams that could or should be hitting the panic button. Adam, you are the official overseer of the panic button. What's the first team on your list? There's a handful of teams that just narrowly missed the cut here of my top five uh, panic teams. My Nuggets, one of, one of those who, uh, again, dealing with an incredible amount of injuries and COVID protocols right now. They're down to just 10 players. They even added they got that hardship exception but they did not make my top five number five the indiana pacers the indiana pacers <laughs> there you go the pacers are three and twelve in games that featured clutch time which is pretty remarkable it's by far the most losses mm. close losses they've got several overtime losses um and they are sitting in the standings right now third to last 
in the Eastern Conference, this was a team that obviously adding Carlisle, you expected, okay, there's going to be the Carlisle bump. Teams, His teams usually do well in the regular season. You've got this is not a rebuilding team. This is a team that's ready to sort of push the chips in, and here they are right. several games out of the play-in. Um, and then they have some bad losses. They lost to Denver without Jokic. They lost to the Lakers without Anthony Davis, the Wizards without Bradley Beal. So to me, they are a team that I don't think they're hitting the panic button. There's, I think, a neutral net rating on the season. So they've just lost a lot of close ones. But I think they they sort of look – they're looking at it. They see it over there. It's flashing. Yeah. Uh, that's the funny thing about the Pacers. People have been talking about, you know, splitting up Sabonis and Turner and maybe blowing it up a little bit and tanking because you don't really have any star to build around and stuff like that. But the Pacers survive by sort of being that middle class Eastern right. Conference team, right? Always contending for the playoffs, getting into that first round. Even if you're first round out, you get that playoff revenue in a small market. There's been a ton written about that stuff. And that yeah. has been sort of the business model of that or like as that organization yeah. runs as a business. Um, the, the tricky part about running your business like that is if you just take even a minor step back, all of a sudden you're sort of on the outside looking in and you're not getting any of that revenue. You're not doing any of that stuff. And I just, I don't know what you're building around if you're the Pacers anymore. It just felt like this step back was bound to happen at some point. I always thought they were overachieving the last couple of years, to be honest. And, um, I don't know. I don't even know what the panic button looks like for Indiana. Cause I just, I don't see how this, it's just not in their ethos to just blow it up. Uh, I don't know what you do. I agree with you that I don't think they're going to press this panic button, but it is when you look at their four games out of 10th place right now for the play-in. The one reason I don't think it's full panic is they do have a positive. They're a plus one differential right now, which is a little weird. They're 17th in in offense, 13th in defense. They're a middle-class team. Maybe some of these 50-50 games flip the other way and they crawl back into this, but I expected them to be a play-in team, and right now they're looking like a high lottery team. What's the next team on your list? The Toronto Raptors, who got a win tonight. So <laughs> it's not Clint Panic. I don't know if the sad trombone sound works here. <laughs> it, it works though. It works okay. for me. Um, they do get the win tonight, so they improve to 10 and 13, um, just right ahead of the Indiana Pacers. But they're another team that I look at and I go, are we confident? They they have a lot of players I like. I mean, they have yeah. a, a, a one of the top three or four number of role players I like. They just don't have a centerpiece that I think ties it all together. And I'm not sure. Uh, Tonight, by the way, they win at home. They break a five-game home losing streak, which is kind of crazy. They're just three and eight at home. None of that stuff adds up. And and it's not really, you know, they've had somewhat of a favorable home uh, opportunities and haven't Mm -hmm. taken advantage of them. I I worry they're not going to make the play in. Yeah, I guess this is a matter of expectations with Toronto because in some respects they're rebuilding and other, you know, yeah. it's like, hey, Siakam, Van Vliet, like they're, these are guys who we know what they're all about now. Nick Nurse, championship winning coach. Uh, I love the pieces that they have, though. So if, if your expectations were, hey, playoffs are bust, then yeah, I guess you should have your finger hovering over that panic button. But I always just looked at them as saying this was sort of like a rebuild year. Like last year didn't count because you played in Tampa and anything that happens in Tampa doesn't really count. Right. Um, so... I, I love the Scotty Barnes pick. Um, OG Nunnaby didn't play uh, right. against Milwaukee. He's been out, but he's been awesome for them when he's been on the court. Uh, I guess the, my question with Toronto is like, what do you do with Pascal Siakam? Because he's not, he's a little bit older than people think. He's right. not really in this window. These younger, I, I don't know. Like, is, is he the guy that you want to build around? Can you build around Scotty Barnes if Siakam is there? Like, I don't know. I think that's the question. I don't know that any decision can be made right now, but I think that's a question worth asking. I, I agree with you. They're a rebuilding team, but I think that they were a team that 
should have been competing for at least the play in yeah. and the fact that they're a little bit below that. I mean, you're right. Young players, you'd love to get Scotty Barnes into a play in situation, maybe even a playoff and get him that experience. Um, Gary Trent jr. Same thing, a young yeah. guy, you'd love to kind of build that chemistry. So those two teams, Pacers and Raptors, they're eyeing it. I don't think they're hitting it. These next three, I, I think are hitting it. My next one up, this might feel like a little bit of a hot take. The Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on Portland. I'm 100% with you on Portland. There is nothing to feel good about if you're a Trailblazers fan. I know Damian Lillard didn't play, but like this is you had Neil Olshay saying that this was a uh, scheme problem, not a roster problem, and it is very clear that this is a roster right. problem right now. Like I just don't see a way out of what the, whatever this is. Well, you never like it when you have, you know, is it the ingredients or is it the cook? You don't ever like right. when you have that conflict. Of course, you've got an investigation going on right now. Yes. Uh, Damian Lillard is out. And, and by the way, it's no small thing to say there's an investigation going out. When a team needs to make some kind of move or, mm. or change some things up, but you have a, a management group that's sort of on hold, that's always tough. It's a distraction, yeah. and it could mean that you don't get to make the best, you know, long-term decisions. But Lillard is out for 10 days, and I don't know if they're going to win. They've got Boston. They've got the Clippers. They're at Golden State. They've got Minnesota. I mean, there's yeah. an opportunity you can grab one or two of those, but I think there's a better opportunity that you go 1-3, and 0-4 oh while he's out of there. You're already sitting in the ninth seed in the West, uh, you know, a very competitive West. But here's why I think the panic button is ready to be pushed. They're, they changed up their defensive scheme, tried to get more aggressive, and it is not working. They were the fourth worst defense coming in tonight. I bet that probably goes down a little bit. They might they might even fall in the standings. And anytime you're in the company of Detroit, Oklahoma City, Orlando, those teams, you are not looking like a playoff team. Um, I, I would be very, very concerned if I was a Portland Trailblazers fan. Yeah, because this is, I mean, if there were anything... Is there any mix of events to push Damian Lillard finally out of town? Right. This is it, right? Like, he's like, look, look, like to your point, there's an investigation going on. Nobody in like above right. Damian Lillard is going to make any kind of decision because I guess everybody's sort of in this holding pattern. But Damian Lillard can make a decision. Damian Lillard could go to whoever's in charge right now and just be like, trade me. I'm out of here. Right. This isn't working. Um, right. I look, I don't know if that's going to happen, but he can't, like, if anybody can do it now. Right. And maybe force something to happen in the short term, it would be him. So, or yeah, even I'm, if not, you just end up having Damian Lillard sitting there with a bad team and fighting right. for playing spots again, which is just that's not great. I mean, Damian Lillard is in the the center of his prime right now, and this is a team that does not seem worthy of a player of his caliber. But you know, we'll see what happens. Um, number two on my list. These next two get even worse, though. Believe it or not, <laughs> these ones the panic button I think is already being hit. The Sacramento Kings. Got a new coach. They've lost 10 of 14. I know what you're going to say. I didn't expect them to be a playoff team, this or that. They have been in rebuild mode for far too long to say we are still in rebuild mode once again. You got De'Aaron Fox. You should be showing some signs of turning a corner. When are they going to turn the corner? I love their young pieces. I love Halliburton. Davion Mitchell is my favorite player in this draft. Not yeah. the best, just my personal favorite. But yet here they are again, 20 games into the season, and they are already three or four games out of the play-in spot I, I, with very little signs that they're going to turn the corner. I, I'm concerned that this might just be a team stuck in purgatory for the 20th straight season. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter what your expectation was or my expectation or anybody's expectation because ownership had the playoff or bust right. expectation, right? And so it, I, I think they are maybe starting to push that panic button. It just De'Aaron Fox's numbers have dropped across the board. Right. 
Right. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he hasn't taken that leap that I think a lot of Kings fans had hoped. Davion Mitchell's been – I'm with you. He's one of my favorite players in this draft, but he's not a guy that's going to, you know, you know, swing a, a, a team's season right now. Uh, and then you've got, like, you know, Rashawn Holmes is a nice player. Harrison Barnes can, can get you points, could get you buckets. But, like, I don't know. The Marvin Bagley thing was weird. Uh, it has been since they picked him. It has been even more weird this season. Well, just count up the lottery picks they've had over the last five seasons. You've got Bagley. You've got Fox. You've got Mitchell. You've got Halliburton. Like, so right. you should be showing something when you get that many good picks. Who, by the way, with, with the exception of Bagley, who, you know, is his own case, those other three guys are good players. You, maybe right. not great. Maybe, you know, pick too high, this or that. But they're good players. And the fact that it hasn't really turned over just yet, it just feels like, Bad organizations that that are stuck in purgatory. De'Aaron Fox kind of symbolizes everything that's going because there was remember like two years ago we're like is this one of the best five point guards in the league right, like this guy's right. a future all star all this stuff and he just sort of plateaued and every time it feels like the Kings take a step forward they just sort of they just sort of level off a little bit it just feels like they can never get over that hump I'm not sure what it is. Sean Holmes is good too I'm gonna give a little shout out to Sean Holmes my number one team this is the easiest one though there's one team that the, the it's like a sad panic button you might actually not even hit it you just like sit there in uh, your own demise the new orleans pelicans yeah. now there's one little silver lining i'm going to give here one silver lining before i get to all the negative they have had by far the toughest strength of schedule in the nba the toughest and of course have been shorthanded brandon ingram for a lot, yeah. lot of the stretch and zion williamson but they're the worst defense in the nba their net rating is indistinguishable from the four tanking teams. They are not a tanking team, but Oklahoma City, Houston, Detroit, Orlando, if you look at just the net ratings in the NBA, there is a huge drop-off between the top 25 and the bottom five, and one of those teams is trying to make the playoffs this year, and that is a really, <laughs> really bad sign. Um, and then worst of all, of course, Zion Williams, uh, Williams was supposed to play today, did not participate in practice. A little bit of weird circumstances said his foot was hurting, the team says they think it's a, a minor setback, no new imaging or anything like that. But I got to say, we originally thought Zion was going to be ready to start the season. Then we find out there's the surgery. Then he's delayed. Now he's delayed again. Just there's not good vibes in New Orleans. And the season might already be out of reach for them as they fall to six and 18, seven games out of the 10 seed right now. Yeah, when you say it's not good vibes, that's really well said. Uh, it's you just get a just a bunch of lying, a bunch of like kind of hiding the because you know every as soon as Zion has an injury, everybody's like, ah, oh, they're gonna freak out. Well, you know what? There's a reason why everybody's gonna freak out because right. it's a problem, and every and when it happens, people panic, and that's why we're we're pushing the panic button right now. Uh, it's a it's an issue. You're a franchise player. Every everything revolves around Zion, right? You traded away. Good pieces like Drew Holiday and Lonzo right. Ball, you let walk away. Like guys who I actually think would be perfect fits with with Zion, you let them go because you're building around Zion. You want to get a little younger. You want to accumulate draft picks, etc. And if that guy's not there, uh, I don't I don't really know what the plan is anymore. And, and you mentioned how they're they're in the in, in the net rating with, with these tanking teams, <laughs> whether or not they whether they're trying to or not, they're a tanking team now. Like they're just they're going to be inadvertently tanking because I don't see this getting better. Even when Zion comes back, like. There's not a lot to love on that roster right now. What's what's weird is there are these little pockets like Valanchunas, you know, yeah. three-point specialist Valanchunas uh, shooting lights out. Points. Yeah. You've got Brandon Ingram now back. Uh, yeah. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is, you know, is a piece there. You've got some guys that are kind of interesting, but it's just shrouded in the fact that they are already almost 
so far behind in the standings that you you never give up 20 games into the season, but you look at that mountain you have to climb already and then add in the fact that Zion a quarter of the way into the season still isn't playing. And by the way, updates are happening after practice. This isn't a thing that was like, hey, we're not sure if he's going to practice. It's like, hey, everybody expects him to practice. Oh, he's not. It just sends some weird messages right. about what's going on there. Uh, and it, and when you're already kind of facing this uphill battle, don't rush him back. I mean, I, I know this was a setback and stuff like that, and I guess that's what they're doing. But I, I think you just just get him healthy. Like I, it doesn't really matter what you do. Like, what's the difference between doing this and or finishing ten games out of the playoffs? Like, I don't know, man. Like, just just put the there again. Just put the season away. Just put the season away if you're the Pelicans. Poor Pelicans fan. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Smash that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Ab and I will be back here next Friday. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam's over at Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's free and it's available on all platforms. Have a great weekend, everybody.